This podcast is of licensed mental health professionals linking pop culture to psychology. The information presented in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be used in place of mental health treatment or other services. All our opinions are our own. Hi, welcome to Therapy for Nerds. These are your hosts, Cassidy Russell, Javier Ankeo, and Katie Bussey. And today we're talking about nostalgia. So, Abby, how about you start us off? So, I was just thinking, um, you know, as I was perusing through Netflix and not knowing what to watch, there are a lot of shows popping up nowadays that are kind of geared towards this idea of nostalgia or like reboots that, you know, people always talk about. And a lot of people talk about how there's just no um, creativity anymore. People just keep doing the same show over and over again. But I really think it's something deeper than that. I think the reason that these shows are being remade or, or continued is because that sense of nostalgia. It's interesting because I think it also brings nostalgia to generations who don't who didn't watch the original, who didn't have the nostalgia of the first airing of that show. And I think it's something that it also kind of connects the generations because the people who grew up watching it at that time can watch it, say, with like their kids now and, and be able to share that experience together too. Yeah, I mean, and it, I feel like we're able to build upon it and really make things into something that fits more with this new generation. Like I, when you were talking about that, that reminded me of the new DuckTales, right? And I don't know if either of you have watched the new DuckTales, but like, I love how it builds on the original. Because the original was known for being one of the first shows, especially animated shows, to have overarching storylines and storylines that would take like five episodes to do, which was really unheard of, especially for a kid's cartoon show, which were meant to have a reset button at the end of the episode so that kids could watch whatever episode and not feel like they're left out or don't understand what's happening because they could be walking in at any point in the series, right? Um, it's not, now with streaming, it's kind of expected that you're watching it and binging it all back to back to back. So this new DuckTales really, I feel like, capitalizes on, on that and has this like season-long mystery of what's going to happen. Are we going to ever meet the mother and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's definitely interesting just how they were able to shape that show for a new generation. Yeah. And it's interesting that you talked about that too, Katie, because I feel like there's even new shows, talking about nostalgia, there's even new shows that aren't reruns or reboots or anything like that that are set in like older times like I'm thinking Stranger Things mm -hmm. which maybe even um may bridge that gap as well where parents can be like oh yeah we used to dress like that or we used to go to the arcade and do stuff like that and that's mm -hmm. also like a a talking piece for families yeah that's so true like the idea of even if it's not a show you watch but the the environment of it the the way of you know dressing and the houses and the you know, just the experiences, it's like a way of being able to bring those to the present. So I, I wonder then with, with what we're saying, with this idea of bringing the past to the present, like, what do we feel like is it that draws people to wanting to feel that again, to feel like maybe they were a kid or have that nostalgic feeling? I mean, who doesn't want to feel like it's not the year 2020? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, mm-hmm. anything feels better than 2020, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know all these shows were like made not in 2020, but it's definitely one of those things where it's like, I I really don't want to watch people talking on Zoom. I, I don't want to watch people living through the pandemic. Maybe I will in the few, far, far off future, but I don't think I will. I, I don't even know if I ever will want to watch something based off of this year, to be completely honest. I don't know. Where do you guys sit with that? I haven't even thought about that. I haven't even thought about like what people will make of this year. I had a, I had a client talk to me the other day and she's a senior this year. And she was talking about how she was really looking forward to buying her yearbook and they're selling yearbooks this year. And she's like, but I don't know what they're going to put in it. And I was like, wow, that's true. Yeah. Who knows if they'll even get to sign yearbooks this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough because like, yeah, what is going to come out of this year? Like, I, I feel like it's going to be a distant memory of like masks and toilet paper after a while. <laughs> like, I don't think there's going to be much content, yeah. you know? I mean, but to be fair, there is a lot because it's, it's definitely a test of resiliency right now of, of getting through these difficult times. And honestly, what we were talking about with the shows, I can hear that almost harkening back to what we were talking about last time with the escape, the, mm. the good things. Like we're going to go off to our yesteryear when things were different and easier and made sense. Um, and I could see why people would be so drawn to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, sometimes I even think about it, like was our childhood really that easy or were we just kind of naive to the idea of like what was around us, right? What was happening in the nineties and the early two thousands? Cause there was a lot going on, you know, like 1999, I know it it wasn't a whole year, but there was that whole millennial, like, pandemic uh, of its own, of people Mm -hmm. freaking out that (laughs) your computer was going to explode, and I don't don't really recall, I was too young to really remember, like, what people were doing about that, Mm -hmm. I just remember people buying water. I remember people worried about it, but it it felt like, it felt like, and I mean, I've, we've lived through so many end of the world scenarios. It felt like the the 2012 end of the yes. world to me, where people talked about it, but they all, they didn't really believe it was happening. And maybe that's just like my white middle class neighborhood really wasn't that concerned about it. But I I don't know, man. It, it's weird. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's funny because that does kind of remind me of how the pandemic started, where there was like this kind of almost mass hysteria of buying up toilet paper and all these different products for fear of like, I, I'm not even really sure what a lot of people were afraid of or if they even knew, um, but just the idea of like, things are bad, I have to prepare. Yeah, I think it was the answer, like exactly what you're saying, like they didn't know, it was just a very uncertain time and nobody knew what was going to come out of it, so they figured just prepare for everything Mm -hmm. and maybe that's why nostalgia is so nice it's kind of like this idea that we know what's going to happen like when you watch for the most part when you watch DuckTales or you watch these other shows you know the characters you're familiar with them you know what they're about and maybe they're going to go on a new adventure but you kind of know their feeling and what Mm -hmm. their character is like and maybe that's what makes us feel safe 
I feel like that's what makes the show Phineas and Ferb so popular is just because it's it's a show where you know everything that's going to happen because it happens the same every episode. There's even lines that they're going to say and you know that they're going to say it and it's typically in the certain order and you know at the end of the episode the mom's not going to see it and they're not going to be busted. <laughs> but there's just because I might have been watching that recently <laughs> on Disney Plus, but there's something so comforting in just knowing exactly how it's going to go, but having those little tweaks that make it a little bit different each time. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was with you both that I was talking about this with, but I know there's a study somewhere that talks about how uh, survivors of trauma as well as children don't enjoy watching new things they like watching the same things over and over again because of that sense of security mm. and probably Phineas and Ferb is probably a good example of that kind of just like or like you know why does a kid watch Cinderella five times it's because they know what's going to happen and they enjoy that feeling of like I don't need to know I don't need to think about what's going to happen I already know mm -hmm. it's predictable and it feels it feels safe ultimately yeah which I think we're all really craving a sense of safety right now. I think most of our childhoods, regardless of, you know, what our attachment styles are or how we grew up or uh, what the, the neighborhoods were like, I think they all probably were relatively safe. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's why nostalgia is so nice. Yeah. And even if they were unsafe, you had those moments where you felt safe and you can remember those. Mm -hmm. And I definitely feel like the access to the amount of information that we had was a lot more limited when we were growing up. So I feel like we don't have as much anxiety. We didn't have as much anxiety about the world and current events then because we had no real way of knowing. I mean, I just played on my 64 for hours a day and maybe went on my computer to do a little bit of homework like the family computer <laughs> to do a little bit of homework and that was it i wasn't surfing the web for hours at a time when i was a young child i was playing ocarina of time with my sister and trying and failing to beat the the water temple we got totally screwed over <laughs> on that temple <laughs> i think that's a rite of passage i think everyone has to go through that so you're not the only one <laughs> <laughs> but you know like that's exactly I think you know now that you say that kind of that conversation we were having off recording about how the generation now is different and how children now comparatively relatively speaking younger children seem to be a little more mature or seem to have a lot more knowledge and that I think that's the biggest that's a big element that's missing is that we did not have that much access to, to information like I didn't know mm -hmm. I didn't know what kids in you know Asia and Australia and Europe we're doing like I didn't have access to friends across the world and mm -hmm. news sources and things like that which I don't know if it's such a good thing or a bad thing I was just more hyper focused on what was in front of me rather than all the stuff outside mm -hmm. yeah and I, it's interesting because there is such a shift to connectivity to uh, really seeing different worlds that within our own world you know different ways people live, different global issues. 
and I, I think it's tough because I, I can see both like a like a benefit to that and drawbacks because there is this hyper exposure to information even if we don't want to know about stuff like we're we're going to know about it even if we're not in the mood to hear about politics we're probably going to run into something about politics um and i i think it's great that we have the opportunity to be more informed but it's it's really hard for people to also disconnect at times when they're not wanting to know that information or even when they're just too tired to really think about that information because the amount of existential dread that i a lot of people report feeling just when they get all that information about what polar ice caps melting and all that it's there is so much going on in the world that it's easy to become sort of numb to it because there's just too much for the human brain to fully comprehend and process it, al it almost feels like anywhere you turn, really, there's nowhere to go where it's kind of safe. Like, there's no place where you can't get information. You can turn your TV off, you can turn your phone off, but there's one way or another the information is going to be processed somewhere. So I feel like maybe even more so that's why our initial reaction is to go to nostalgia or go to a safe place and the safe place being, you know, the past, I guess, in a sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so oftentimes when we have that nostalgia, it's because those were times where we didn't, we didn't have to worry about it almost. Like it wasn't something that we were going to come across. And oftentimes now there is the like pushing away, like we're going to get the information one way or another, and we have to do something with that information. Um, and maybe when we're younger, we either through less exposure or through maybe, um, you know, not having all the details, there wasn't the need to be like, oh, I'm actively trying to avoid that. It's just like, okay, I hear that's happening and we don't have the same reaction and maybe there's almost more of an acceptance of it a lot of times. And that could be where nostalgia also plays in is that just difference of reality at times. Mm -hmm. What shows have you guys been watching like during the quarantine that you watched when you were kids? I'm willing to bet there's something that you guys have been watching. Mm. You know, honestly, Netflix has really been just like hitting it out of the park with like anime um i don't know why this is and maybe you guys know the answer but netflix and um what's the other one um hub not hub hulu don't i don't know why but they don't have all the seasons of all the shows oh, it's I, I don't know why they do that <laughs> um but uh but right now netflix has all the episodes of cardcaptors so i've been rewatching yeah. all cardcaptors but I'm pacing myself because I was like, I want this to last the whole quarantine. But I'm getting pretty close to the end now because that started in like June. <laughs> I didn't think it, I, thought, I didn't know we would still be here. So <laughs> um, what else? You guys go next so, and then I'll think of another one. Oh, I actually had a like a full-blown like nostalgia day on purpose like i got like old cereal I used to eat as a kid and like some like i never eat cereal so this was like very out of character for me and i got cereal and i sat down and i watched like i think it was like rugrats or something like something i was such a little <laughs> tiny kid like when i watched i think it was like rugrats and like peaky in the brain and like some of those like old shows and just like got up on a saturday morning and ate cereal it was, it was pretty great Aww. That's, that sounds like a really yeah. great day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just sounds really amazing. Yeah, because when was the last time any of us woke up on a Saturday morning and watched cartoons? Yeah. 
I mean, I just always watch cartoons, so that's not too. Yeah. But like the syndicated television Saturday morning cartoons, nothing beats that. Yeah. But like yeah. Channel Five, Channel Seven, like cartoon morning lineup. Oh my goodness. Yeah, you were excited to wake up early too, so you could watch them. Something's coming out. Oh, anime! Because she said Pinky in the Brain. That's right. They're coming out with a new Animaniacs. I know that. That's with right. With all the original voice actors, which I thought was really cool. Oh, I didn't realize the original voice actors were there too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's pretty funny because they're like making fun of them. I think one of the, the the commercials for it, like they make fun of themselves. Like, oh yeah, another reboot. Like a <laughs> bunch of sellouts. And it's like them like holding a check. <laughs> like, yeah, that's us. Hey, I do it for a check. <laughs> <laughs> Are there things that like you you wish would be remade or things that from your childhood that like never saw the light of day that you wish like were more talked about um i feel like there are i used to be on this um forum it was called crack.com and it was basically like a baby reddit um and they had a thread called goodnight sweet snack food and it was basically a thread of like foods that just didn't exist anymore Oh. Uh, God, and like it was so sad because every time I would read one, I was like, I remember that. <laughs> and like one of the ones I miss the most is Orbits. I don't know if you guys ever remember that drink, but it was like a clear drink and it had little balls in it, similar to Boba, but very, very tiny balls. And it was like a sparkling drink with like little fruit balls in it. And I was like, man, the best drink ever. I actually don't even know if it really tasted that good or like my memory yeah. thinks that it was like the best drink ever. But that was good. Clearly, Canadian was also a fan favorite, but that came back, I think, recently somewhere in Canada. <laughs> I'm aging myself. Neither of you know what this is, huh? No. <laughs> okay, it's a sparkling, I think, clearly Canadian is a sparkling water. I don't think you're that much older than me, though, Abby. Mm -hmm. I'm 30. I'm 29. So okay. You're not that much older than me. <laughs> Um, Katie's all quiet. She's like, I'm not going to tell you my age. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just here. I'm just here. <laughs> or like I always tell my kids, I'm actually 99. You just can't tell. <laughs> it's funny because like, you know, when I was when I was in my teens, I remember like thinking, oh, the 80s were so great, even though I wasn't born in the 80s. And I was just like, oh, the 80s seemed like such a good time. And now I see the same thing happening with like teenagers. Now they're like, oh, the 90s are so cool. And they have like their like jelly flip flops and whatever. And I'm like, man, you weren't even born yet. Like, why are you, why are you up on the trends of like a time period that you weren't even at? But I guess that's just how fashion works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if it could also play into the idea of like wanting to seem older. And so like every generation kind of is like attracted to like what the previous decades things were because it's like oh I'm I'm a little bit older I, I understand things that are a little bit past the other people of my age that's very insightful yeah I never thought about it that way I feel like when you're younger you want to feel older and when you're older you want to feel younger mm -hmm. and then there's that thing about like when you're young you don't have all the time but no money and then when you're old you have money but no time <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah and there's the nostalgia again, back when you had time, back when you felt like you could sit and just play games for hours or just get up early on a Saturday and not worry about doing laundry because you could just watch your games and eat your cereal. Yeah. I don't remember what it, I mean, because I could, technically we could all do that now, 
but mm -hmm. it's like tied to anxiety. Mm -hmm. Like if I spent the day not doing anything, I think I would have a lot of anxiety about all the things I should have been doing. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I like, I, there's so many days where I just want to sit and play a video game all day. Mm -hmm. I, I get so guilty that I have to like try to balance it out by doing something else. And even on days where it's like, okay, this is the weekend. You don't really have anything that you have to do. Sure, there's projects that you want to work on and you want to do. You don't have to. But then my my guilt over playing a game all day. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I really miss just being able to play a game and not feeling guilty about it. Yeah, and I, I really wonder, like, with these topics we're talking about with video games and watching different shows and all this different media is how much is that really impacted by like our productivity mindset that we have? And, and I feel like it's such a big part of the US and I almost wonder like, how do they interplay? How do they even conflict at times? Cause like, we're all saying like, man, not doing something on the weekend makes me anxious. Just the thought of doing that. And how often does that prevent people from really doing the things they want to do? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, definitely a societal norm at this point to be working more than 40 hours, you know? Mm -hmm. I know a long, I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago, they talked about like that thing in France where like you can't email somebody after a certain time period. It's like illegal to do so. And mm -hmm. um, comparatively to the United States, like that's unheard of, right? Like we always mm -hmm. check our email. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's definitely a society thing. It's definitely a cultural thing. Mm -hmm. and it's unfortunate because I think it does definitely plays on our mental health mm -hmm. um but I'm wondering you know if either of you have any suggestions for our listeners in regards to like an intervention on how to maybe combat that or like how to to mitigate in your head <laughs> that it's okay to spend some time on yourself like it's okay to play games and relax what I always tell my clients, because I, I, I have some clients that have this exact problem, is to do, to number one, think of these things as coping skills, because I very strongly believe that video games can be a coping skill. Mm -hmm. um, and to know that, to have that in your mind and while you're doing it. Mm -hmm. So to help combat that, like, this is a waste of time, I'm not doing anything productive with my time, instead flipping that to know this is productive in that I am relaxing and I need this time for myself to relax and to get my head back on straight so that I can go and do the next thing that I need to do. So that's what I talk to my clients about is being mindful of using those coping skills and accepting that they can be coping skills. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's such a great way to put it, or these are coping skills. These are things that nourish us and maybe they're different for everyone. Not everyone has the same coping skills, but the idea that it is productive to take care of yourself. It is productive to take downtime. It is not, you know, time. What is the phrase I can never remember? Like time you enjoyed wasn't time wasted or something. I don't know. I'm absolutely messing it up, but the idea that it's okay to take time down. And sometimes for a lot of people, the, the way to approach that is putting it in your schedule, putting in free time, because so oftentimes we have 
things that roll in. There's, you know, for people in school, like all these assignments, I could be working on this or emails or whatever it may be and saying, no, like I know I need at least, you know, if you don't have a, a lot of time, like 20 minutes a day just to do my own thing and putting it in their schedule, you know, because it is nourishment. It is time for themselves. What are your thoughts, Abby? You know, I've tried doing like the scheduling for clients, but sometimes they struggle. They struggle with that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times it's just like this like self-acceptance of like, I need balance in my life. And sometimes mm-hmm. working all the time is not, is not healthy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's like this idea of like, how can I allow myself to, to enjoy something? And I tell them like, okay, like, okay, if you do 40 minutes of this, can you rationalize with yourself doing something for another 40 minutes, right? Like, it's like a trade-off. I don't think that's also healthy, um, but it's a good starting point, kind of just being like, okay, I did my work for 40 minutes. Now I can do 40 minutes of something else. Mm-hmm. Um, which usually, and I told them, like, there's a lot of evidence-based practice that says that actually makes you a lot more productive if you do take breaks in between. Um, so maybe that'll be helpful for us, too. <laughs> like, maybe we can <laughs> practice some of these things and um, and give ourselves some time off. Because, you know, like, uh, I saw this thing, too, the other day, um, I think on Instagram or something. And it was just like, you know, therapists need to take care of themselves, too. Um, and we need to take time for ourselves to, to self-care, decompress. Um, you know, internalize whatever we're internalizing and the feelings that we feel from like what we hear from our clients. And also, you know, we're people. Yeah. And surprise folks, therapists have feelings too. And they have a hard time too. <laughs> what? <laughs> I feel like we called ourselves out. <laughs> I mean, sometimes that's good. I mean, it's good for the audience to see that, you know, we're, we're, we're people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like the takeaway from this is kind of just taking care of yourself and like doing what feels good and like identifying for yourself where that is whether that's like in in the past or like things that feel familiar or if that's trying new things but making that space for yourself and making that time for yourself to enjoy and being in the moment and present with whatever said activity is Thank you for listening to Therapy for Nerds. If you liked this episode, hit that like button, subscribe, comment, and check out the links to our social medias where you'll be sure to get all of the latest Therapy for Nerds information. And be kind to yourselves this week.